0: Welcome to podcast number 33, where I'm going to give you some updates about believers in Israel, answer some questions, and speak about walking honestly. Greetings. Thank you for tuning in to listen to Equipping the Bride podcast. I'm Brother Jason DeMars from Beaufort, South Carolina, a minister at Bethel Tabernacle. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Friday. You can watch this podcast on YouTube and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you have any questions, testimonies, or prayer requests, please let me know at jasondemars.com. I also have free books and tracks available at my website, and shipping is free as well. May the Lord richly bless you. God bless you, everyone. Thank you so much. It's been been a while since I've been able to record. Been feeling under the weather after the, uh, uh, youth camp. Came down with uh, flu and uh, pink eye and all that fun stuff that uh, so often goes around after youth camps. So uh, thought it was a very successful youth camp and. Uh, the Lord really moved in a number of ways in young people's lives. The testimonies are flowing in, and, and so thankful to know that. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the podcast and all the positive things that people have told me um, offline about the podcast while I've been traveling and fellowshipping with different people. i um, just uh, very greatly encouraged by that and uh sometimes you, you do online ministry and podcasts and you don't get a lot of uh, feedback. You think, uh, what am I doing this for? But then uh, little by little, the Lord lets you know when you're doing something He wants you to do for His kingdom. He'll give you a little bit of encouragement here and there, and so I'm thankful for that. I want to thank everyone who's continuing to support this podcast on a monthly basis. Uh, just a reminder, you can do so at the Buzzsprout link below. Um, people are doing that for three, five, eight, or ten dollars a month, and that's greatly appreciated to cover the costs. So we have anything over the top of that, we put towards uh, books. Um, we always make our books available for free. Shipping is free as well. We're sending those all all over the place, and that's been a great opportunity for outreach and getting to the message into places um, wouldn't normally be able to get them to. So, also. Uh, wanted to remind you, please give us a review. This podcast, a review on Apple Podcasts. We have 11 ratings so far. All of them are five out of five. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, would you please give us a review there? We'd de- definitely appreciate that. Had a number of questions come in. Uh, hard to keep track of all of them, but I wanted to mention a few of them. Whether um, from Ethiopia uh, writes in, says, "I'm having a discussion with many denominations, and a question arose: Is the body of Jesus divine flesh, or Jesus' body is normal flesh like each one of us?" Very good question, very important question, one that's often answered in haste and um, misunderstood. So let's take a take a moment. To answer that, the body of Jesus is not divine flesh. God is a spirit. God is not flesh and blood. See, so first, God is a spirit. God is invisible. No man has seen God at any time. So if Jesus, if the body of Jesus is divine flesh, then he could not be our kinsman redeemer. His flesh is just like ours, except it's without the sinful nature. It was even affected by the curse, his body. He got older, he got weaker, he got sick, and so forth. The Bible says he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but not that he came in sinful flesh, rather, again, that he came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Jesus' flesh is fully human, just like yours and mine. Only difference is he came without the nature of sin. All right, another question came up, and I'm just going to show this. <coughs> Excuse me, a little remnant of a cough. So, uh, but I'm I'm doing fine. God promised Israel this land. Yeah, that's right. From from the river to the sea, and that's the river Euphrates, God promised Israel. So the question came to me, does this mean they will get this land before the Gentile dispensation is finished? I don't believe so. I believe that it is the the return of the Messiah that will get them this land. They will not have this land until the millennium. That's when they receive their promise in full. That's where the Davidic kingdom uh, comes into its promise in full. All right. So next, I, I always get a lot of comments on the video why the Trinity of Persons is false, lots of lots of views and lots of comments, uh, some positive, some negative. Um, Carrie Williams on YouTube writes, God says to Jesus, sit at my right hand until I place your enemies at your feet. This visual picture of Jehovah and Jesus' relationship in heaven is re many times, I think repeated, Many times in the Bible, um, it's it is repeated several times in the Bible. Um, I want to remind you also that in the context of sitting at his right hand, we see in Revelation chapter three that he overcame and sat down on his father's throne. So Jesus is seated on the father's throne. To be at his right hand means to be the dispenser of his kingdom dispenser of His mercy, dispenser of His power. Okay, so number one is Jehovah God is invisible spirit, and He appears in various different forms, but ultimately He is an invisible spirit. No man has seen God at any time, nor can see Him. Jesus is visible. He's a human being. He's the Son of God. So He is the visible expression of God. God says to Jesus, that's right, God speaks to Jesus. God, the eternal Spirit, the Father, speaks to His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is very simple truth, and I never at one point in time have contradicted this idea and this thought. (coughs) I apologize. God speaks to Jesus. Jesus speaks to God. Another person named Michael Briggs writes... You appear, you appear to be a oneness, and knoweth it not. Are you saying God has a God? Can you clarify John 20, 17? In John fourteen seven? are you saying this is God talking? If so, you make Jesus his own Father. Jesus is not his own Father. The Father is dwelling in the Son of God. So the Son of God is the visible manifestation of God. No man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who's in the bosom of the Father has declared Him. Jesus and God are the self-same person in the sense that Jesus is the visible manifestation. But Jesus is an individual different from God. But the only way he's, God is seen is through Jesus. I am not oneness. I do not believe in the Jesus Only Doctrine, Jesus is not His own Father. I've done entire series on this, and you can go on my YouTube channel and find that. It's very important to understand. <clears throat> I'm going um, to give you a few updates about... Excuse me. I'm going to give you a few updates about in Israel, I remind you that you can still support the believers in Israel if you want to do that. There'll be a link below on Facebook and on YouTube, um, several videos that I want to show you as well. So I'm going to pull those up here in just a moment. This is one of the things that's coming up around the, the world is anti-Semitism is very much on the rise. This particular uh, sign is in looks like a bookstore, Islamic bookstore in Turkey. So I'm sure that no Jews would really want to go into the bookstore, but nevertheless, it's awful to see anti-Semitism on the rise and hatred of Jews on the rise around the world. It's absolutely awful. Um, Some of the sites and the things that believers are experiencing there. Here's a video there. Bomb hitting the road, that's Route 4 in Israel. A horrible thing. Another another video as well. That's the Iron Dome intercepting. Play it again. That's the Iron Dome intercepting missiles there. All right, so will get an update here from the brother, pastor, friend of mine in Israel. It says the believers all have positive reports. Of course, it's tense and stressful. We're all trying to return to somewhat of a routine. Schools are trying to open back up in most places. Uh, most are back to work, but in some cases not. The believing soldiers are okay. Uh, we have one stationed in the north, who's a technician on the Iron Dome, who's on a difficult, who's on difficult long shifts. So far, none of the soldier believers are in combat. We're fluctuating between Zoom and meeting in person. Twice we've had loud explosions when we met at church. It's amazing to see the faith of the saints running from the sanctuary to the bomb shelter and hearing many loud explosions and then back into the sanctuary like nothing happened. We're doing the best we can, working what we can amidst sudden sirens and running for cover under the sound of explosions, usually the Iron Dome blasting rockets out of the skies. Israel will not be the same. Everyone is very watchful and cautious now, and there's a large distrust of the Arab community, which is 20% of Israel's population. Yesterday, there was a coordinated attack from Syria, Lebanon, Gaza, and Yemen, all at the same time. We're praying that Nasrallah, that's the leader of Hezbollah in Lebanon, will not declare full-scale open war on us today in his speech. He says, we're pressing into Christ and looking up. Just to give a, an idea, he says, the truth is, think of a lot of us are in a sort of surreal state. We've seen videos and pictures by the hundreds of horrific evil, worse than can be imagined. It's very hard for people to do normal everyday tasks. Every time I sit to work, I just can't. (coughs) There are several other countries that have officially declared war on Israel, and Putin is beginning to supply defenses to Lebanon This weekend is a turning point uh, from Nasrallah's speech in a few hours, and the response we give will determine the course of the conflict, whether it explodes into a full-on war with many nations or is just skirmishes on other fronts. Time is short, saints. We see what's happening. Um, just, Just to give a little update as well about how the funds are being used, that we're sending support of them. It says we're mainly helping people get needed supplies and those who aren't working on t- or tight for cash because of the war. It's been a tremendous help to them. No one has ever raised support for the body here like that 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 I have seen. So praise the Lord. We're glad to be a part of that. You know, looking at looking at the hour we're living in. My goodness, Israel is God's timepiece. So. Time is short, as we as we always say. The rapture could take place at any moment, and once again, the rapture can take place at any moment. All right, so we're about halfway through our time here, and I want to speak about living, uh, walking honestly, or walking honorably, and living a quiet life. And also talk about our, the greatest hindrance to that, which is, of course, our mouths. Second Thessalonians three, ten through 12 For even when we were with you, this we commanded you. If any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. With quietness, this word in the Greek speaks of stillness, desistance from bustle or language, quietness, silence. The description of the life of one who stays at home doing his own work and does not officiously meddle with the affairs of others. This was a theme sort of in Thessalonians. It's brought up in 1 Thessalonians, which I'll read that in a moment. It's also in 2 Thessalonians. So this was a struggle for those Thessalonians, and Paul is bringing a correction to that. This is 2 Thessalonians 3.13-15. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing, and if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed, yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So again, this is how important this was to Paul, is if people aren't following this word that I'm speaking, just avoid them. Stay away from them. They're, they're trouble. They're, they're making problems. They're not living the way God has called them to live. First Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. And that you study to be quiet or make it your ambition to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. It's fascinating. This is the origin of the phrase, mind your business. And it was, in fact, minted on the first coin that was ever printed in the United States. This is the antidote to being lazy, going from house to house, gossiping, tailbearing. It means to be ambitious. So, to study to be means to be ambitious of honor to exert yourself to accomplish a thing, to use one's utmost efforts. The other word, quiet, means from the Thayer's definitions, to keep quiet, to rest, to lead a quiet life, set of those who are not running hither and thither, but stay at home and mind their business. To do your own business is actually just one Greek word, mind your business. So, I believe this is this is a key thing, and this is something Paul mentions a number of time times is to pray that you could live a quiet life. Sometimes we have no control. You speak the truth as a Christian, and you stand for God, and it becomes a, uh, a non quiet life, and. Our ultimate goal is not a quiet life. Our ultimate goal is to love God and glorify Him with our life. That's our ultimate goal. So sometimes that, but but within that goal, within that stated purpose that that God has for us, He wants us to live a quiet life. He wants us to be. Understand that this is His intent and His purpose is for us to be ambitious. In other words, when you look at this word ambitious, you're looking at really, uh, in a way, it's speaking of competition. So seek to outdo one another in a way. Outdo one another by minding your own business and living that quiet life. Minding your own business. Um And speaking of your work, work hard, be focused, be dedicated, do your best to be the very best at whatever job, whatever work that you do. If you have a home, if you have a farm, if you whatever work it is, um, but mind it. Mind it, keep your mind on it. be ambitious to mind it, make it your ambition to have a home that has uh, the finances supplied that it's needed, that has the food that's supplied that's needed, that is uh, caring for the children, caring as a husband, you're caring and supplying, putting the things in her hand, helps her to be a homemaker. As men, that's our duty, that's our job. We're not supposed to be going around and getting in everybody else's business. We're supposed to focus on our business, our work, and being the best that we can. Make sure your children are walking with the Lord. This looks different in different seasons. The first season of children's life is filling them with good seed, with good word, keeping them in the right atmosphere. Then when they're a teenager, it takes more wisdom. It takes more time. It takes more spiritual effort, but you got to keep them in that right atmosphere and watch over what they're doing. Watch over their friends. Monitor their friends. Monitor their relationships. Um, Make sure that they're being kept in the right atmosphere and that their friendships are maintaining the right atmosphere. And so... Us as dads, there has to be a focus on that, that our homes are running right. That's minding our business. As mothers, you have to be sure that you're walking in submission to your husband. Husband, you got to make sure that you're leading your family right. Young people, you got to make sure that you're honoring your father and mother. All right. Going along with this is the importance of honesty. How can you mind your own business if you're a dishonest person? If you're telling stories, telling lies, telling half truths, you're not minding your own business, you're creating drama. Ministry Explained, 1950, Brother Branham says, and I can only be honest, and if a person is honest and be truthful and honest, God will be with you. We want God to be with us, so let's be truthful, let's be honest. Leviticus 19.16, Thou shalt not go up and down as a tail-bearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. James 3.1, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we will receive the greater condemnation. It means the more stricter judgment. James 3.2, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold now, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and sets on fire the course of nature, and it sets on, is set on fire of hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which were made after the similitude of God. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Verse 11, not the fountains send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter. Verse 12, can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine fig, So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Verse 13, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. We see the importance of the tongue. The tongue can set World's on fire, the tongue can start wars, the tongue, literal wars The the tongue can be used to destroy The tongue can be used to bring life The tongue can be used as a great deception, deceiving tool The tongue can be used as a great healing tool me. Psalms 120, verse two, 2, deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. On this verse, Charles Spurgeon writes, deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips. It will need divine power to save a man from these deadly instruments. Lips are soft, but when they are lying lips, they suck away the life of character and are as murderous as razors. Lips should never be red with the blood of honest men's reputes, nor salved with malicious falsehoods. David says, Deliver my soul. The soul, the life of the man, is endangered by lying lips. Cobras are not more venomous, nor devils themselves more pitiless. Some seem to lie for lying's sake. It is their sport and spirit Their lips deserve to be kissed with a hot iron, but it is not for the friends of Jesus to render to men according to their deserts. Oh, for a dumb generation rather than a lying one. The faculty of speech becomes a curse when it is degraded into a mean weapon for smiting men behind their backs. We need to be delivered from slander by the Lord's restraint upon wicked men, upon wicked tongues or else to be delivered out of it by having our good name cleared from the liar's calumny and from a deceitful tongue. This is rather worse than downright falsehood. Those who fawn and flatter and all the while have enmity in their hearts are horrible beings. They're the seed of the devil, and he works in them after his own deceptive nature. Better to meet wild beasts and serpents than deceivers. These are a kind of monster who, whose birth is from beneath and whose end lies far below. It should be a warning to liars and deceivers when they see that all good men pray against them and that even bad men are afraid of them. Here is to the believer good cause for prayer. Deliver us from evil may be used with emphasis concerning this business from gossips, tailbearers, writers of anonymous letters, forgers of newspaper paragraphs, and all sorts of liars. Good Lord, deliver us. Amen. There's so many words spoken in Proverbs and throughout the scriptures about lying and deception. The antithesis to living that quiet life is a a life where you're out there spreading this news. Did you hear about this person? Did you hear what that pastor said? Did you hear what that person said? Did you hear what these people did? Did you hear what those people did? It's not the love of God in us, making us to behave like that and spreading gossip. That's not a quiet life. That's not being ambitious of a quiet life. That's a life of a gossip and the Lord deliver us from that spirit. Proverbs 26, 19 says, So is the man that deceives his neighbor and saith, Am I not in sport? Or am I not joking? Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tailbearer as wounds, and they go... To into the min- inner, innermost part of the belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth dissembleth or pretends to be which is not with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Amen. Lying and deception is something that a Christian should not have. We should speak the truth at all times with love in our heart, but always speak the truth. Have it out immediately. If you did something wrong, speak it right away. If you did something against someone, confess that and make that thing right. If someone's asking you a question and the truth will hurt them, speak the truth. Do it in love. Do it with tenderness do it with the right typing but timing but always speak the truth. Amen. That's the best policy and the best thing that can happen in our lives is when the truth is proclaimed and when the truth comes out if you have hidden sins that you need to confess and make right, speak it out, make it right. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I remind you again, you can support the podcast on Buzzsprout. The link will be below on these, any of the videos, wherever they're posted. Remember to review the podcast as well on Apple, wherever you're listening to it, and Buzzsprout. Thank you again. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for listening to Equipping the Bride Podcast. New episodes are posted every Friday. I want to remind you that if you have any questions, testimonies, or prayer requests, please let me know at jasondemars.com. I also have free books and tracks available at my website, and shipping is free as well. Please, I ask you to remember the believers and the missions work in the Middle East in prayer. May the Lord richly bless you.